Hi there and welcome. I'm Rabbi Nachomath with the Las Vegas Coel. A number of years ago, researchers conducted the following experiment. They called the nurses stations at various wards at various hospitals and they gave the following speech. They said, hi there, my name is Dr. Brown. I've got a patient on your floor. I'd like you to go ahead and please administer 20 milligrams of a drug. It's called estrogen. Researchers found that 95% of the situations, the nurses were willing to comply with the doctor's orders. And they were going to go ahead and administer 20 milligrams of that drug called estrogen. Now, at first glance, that doesn't seem surprising at all. After all, that's what nurses do. They administer, they administer drugs on doctor's orders. Nothing surprising, right? If you look at the situation, you look at the case with a little bit more context and a little bit of a deeper look, it's actually quite shocking. There's a remarkable verse at the end of Leviticus, at the end of Sefer Vayikra, chapter 26, verse 1. The, the Torah tells us, Lo sasu lachem elilim you shall not make idols for yourself, and you shall not erect for yourself a statue or a pillar. It's a prohibition against idolatry. Now, this is one of the most recurring themes throughout the Torah. We know central to the Torah is the idea of monotheism. We believe in a singular God, and corollary to that is the prohibition against idolatry. It's a concept that comes many times throughout the Torah, a prohibition against idolatry. What's remarkable is that Rashi, quoting the sages, tells us that this specific prohibition is talking about a very unique situation. The verses just a few verses earlier are discussing a scenario where a person finds himself destitute. The person's completely broke, and because of his hardship, he's forced to sell himself as a slave to his non-Jewish neighbor. And the Torah goes through the, the rules, the regulations, his terms of service. What exactly, what exactly does that transa transaction look like? And according to Rashi, this verse, this specific prohibition against idolatry, it's actually talking straight and directly to this fellow who finds himself in this predicament. This person who's been sold as a slave to a non-Jewish owner, the Torah is specifically cautioning this person and prohibiting him from engaging in idolatry. And Rashi explains, this verse, this prohibition against idolatry, it's speaking directly to the fellow who sells himself as a slave to a non-Jew. Such a slave shouldn't go ahead and rationalize or speak to himself and say, Just like my master, well, he conducts himself with immoral behavior, so I'll do the same. Look, my master, he goes ahead and he worships idols. I'll do the same. My master, well, he isn't Shabbat observant. He doesn't care particularly about celebrating Shabbos, so I won't either. This verse, explains Rashi, is talking to this fellow. This person who finds himself in this predicament, sold to a non-Jewish non owner, and he finds himself a slave in such a situation, the Torah is cautioning him, don't think that it's okay to now go ahead and worship idols. It's forbidden. My rabbi pointed out such a brilliant insight. Why do I need the verse to tell us this? It's the most fundamental of mitzvahs. We know you gotta be Jewish under all situations. You can't go ahead and believe in paganism. That's one of the most fundamental ideas in the Torah. Why would we think that a person who's sold as a slave is now all of a sudden permitted to worship idols? Why all of a sudden, if you find yourself as a slave, now all of a sudden paganism becomes permitted that the Torah needs to go ahead and remind us, can't do it, idol worship is prohibited. Why do I need the Torah to highlight that? 
rabbi explained, the idea here is that the Torah is actually highlighting one of the most fundamental ideas in human psychology. And that is we are massively influenced by authority. Authority figures massively impact our rationale and our view of the world. And it's very, very possible that a person who finds himself in a situation where he's sold as a slave and his authority figure, who's non-Jewish, he may be a pagan, and he may be conducting himself in really inappropriate ways, human nature is such, whether we like it or not, we are massively influenced by authority figures and their behaviors and how they view appropriate and inappropriate conduct. And the Torah is sort of strengthening a person in such a situation and reminding them, you've got to go ahead and fight your human and natural tendencies to go ahead and follow the conduct, the behavior, the moral ethics of the people who are in authority figures, who are people's figures of authority in your life. And if you find yourself to be a slave in the house of a pagan idol worshiper, you've got to strengthen your inner character, you've got to strengthen your moral beliefs and remind yourself that I'm a proud Jew and I'm not going to go ahead and serve idols. I'm not going to go ahead and transgress the Shabbos. I'm going to live a life of morality and ethics even though the people who are as, so to speak, above me in terms of authority, even though they're not going in that direction, I've got to have the strength of character to do what's right. And by the Torah highlighting this, it's sort of the Torah's way of showing us, be careful who you put as an authority figure in your life. Because human nature, whether you like it or not, is subconsciously, perhaps even consciously, our opinions, our feelings, our attitudes, our behaviors are swayed by the conduct, by the behavior, and by the beliefs of the people who are in positions of authority. They influence us, whether we like it or not. Whether we think we're being influenced or not, we are. And the Torah has to give us added strength and added courage. Make sure you don't follow the behavior and conduct of people who are in positions of authority. You gotta do what's right. The Torah tells us you can't serve idols, you cannot worship idolatry. You've got to go ahead and have that strength of character, even in situations where you're being influenced by authority figures who disagree with that approach. Remember our research study that showed that 95% of nurses went ahead and they were about to administer that drug, estrogen? Well, turns out, it's actually kind of shocking. Robert Cialdini, in one of, his, one of the most incredible books in social psychology called Influence, explains that the nurses who were about to administer that drug were actually in violation of four rules set out in that hospital. Number one, the prescription was prescribed by phone, which is against hospital policy. Number two, the medication itself was unauthorized. Estrogen had not been approved by the ward that the researchers had called, it wasn't an approved medication that could just be administered. Number three, the prescribed dosage was an obviously and dangerously excessive. It said on the bottle not to exceed 10 milligrams daily, and yet the doctor had prescribed 20 milligrams. And number four, perhaps most shocking, the doctor was unknown. He was a fictitious person. The nurses had no idea who this doctor was. They just called up and said, hi there, my name is Dr. Brown. And that was enough of a credential for the nurses to go ahead and follow the order. Four violations of hospital protocol. Now, I'm not banging on nurses. Nurses are what 
keep us alive, and they're the backbone of the medical uh, infrastructure in our country. But the, but the research highlights this idea. We are massively influenced by authority figures, and the researchers explain their theory why the nurses went ahead in 95% of the situation and violated hospital protocols, not on just four, on one level, but four different levels. It's because the fellow went ahead, he said, I'm a doctor. And the way hospitals are set up, there is this sort of hierarchy of authority. Doctors go ahead and they transmit orders to nurses. Nurses, subconsciously following this idea, what the Torah tells us of human nature, they responded in kind to an authority figure. It's a powerful reminder of, what, of a word of caution. Who do you go ahead and put on a pedestal? Who do you view? Who do you look up to as a position of authority? Now, I'm not just talking about elected officials or people who have natural authority in your life, but we all have role models. We all have people that we look up to. We all have people that we sort of idolize. Maybe it's a rock star, a movie star, an athlete. Be super duper careful the people who you choose to look up to. Because if you go ahead and you put someone on a pedestal, Human nature is such that you are now influenced by that person's behavior, conduct, moral code. And oftentimes that rock star, movie star, and athlete, you know, they might have a great voice. They might be incredible athletes. But is their moral conduct something that we want to look up to? Be so, so careful who we choose to look up to as position, in positions of authority. Who we look up to and say, wow, that's someone that I really idolize. That's someone who I really think he's a remarkable person. Be super careful because the Torah is highlighting us and Robert Cialdini's research proves out we are massively influenced by the role of authority in our lives.